0: Tune in and listen to the Injured List podcast of the Blue Wire podcast community and proud member of the Blue Wire Hustle program, hosted by me, Brian Scott. I'm a licensed full-time physician assistant in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. I break down the latest in injury news regarding your favorite professional athletes each week throughout the year. I have all your major sports covered from the NFL, MLB, NHL, MLS, and MMA. There is not a sport or an injury that i will not cover get the most up-to-date info in easy to understand non-medical language so you can make the better decisions when placing your bets or setting your fantasy lineups each week check out my website at the injuredlist.com where you can message me ideas for topics or questions and listen to previous episodes where i interview former athletes and healthcare professionals to talk about their experiences with sports injuries Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pound for Pound podcast here on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm your co-host, Carlos Toro, and joining me every single week is Robert Silva. Robert, I don't think I've ever looked forward to a show more so than this week because, my God, there is so much to talk about. Robert,
1: how are you doing? I'm doing great. We had a spectacular night of boxing on Saturday, and Carlos, proceed. Yeah, without further ado, let's
0: get down to brass tacks. We have a new number one at the top of the lightweight division. George Cambosos Jr. shots the world with a phenomenal split decision win over Teofimo Lopez on the zone on Saturday night at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. Wins with a split decision scores were, I believe, 115 112, 115 111, and 114 112. But that one is for the last one was for Teofimo. Fantastic fight, fantastic main event we, we had there. It, essentially, they this was before we kind of get into the recap for those of you who maybe were not a- as you know learned into the past nine months of build-up to this fight. We had this fight originally on Triller, after Triller won a purse bid back in February for an obscene amount of money, more than $6 million. Then the fight gets postponed because Teofimo got COVID. Then it gets postponed a couple of more times because they just couldn't find a date and location that is suitable to all parties then Triller just couldn't make the fight in general so the ibf has uh, announced that Triller was found the default and the fight went to matrim boxing which in hindsight was maybe the best thing that could have ever happened to this fight and eddie must be swimming right now in you know in the fantasy money that he that he thinks he could be making now that this uh, uh, you know the dust has sort of settled because now we have George Cambosos as the new lightweight world champion new WBA super champion the new WBO champion the new WBC franchise champion and you know you can disregard that if you want the new IBF lightweight champion and the new Ring Magazine champion He's essentially the man now. He starts the fight off with a knockdown in the first round, which completely shocks everyone, especially after Teofimo starts out with a just hyper-aggressive, like bra- practically reckless uh, type of offense trying to knock Sills out in the first round. Camboso's counters with a spectacular right hand that just drops Lopez to the canvas. And then proceeds to really just outbox and have a, you know, fight a smarter fight than Teofimo. And it was a very competitive fight. He kind of took over in the middle rounds of the bout. And we all kind of started thinking, maybe Cambozos can really pull this off. Because at no point in the fight was Lopez you know really fighting a smart fight he was he fought with all emotion no smarts was fighting with his heart not with his head just tried his absolute best to knock george campbolzo's out managed to do so in the 10th round and for a fleeting moment it almost seemed like lopez might be able to turn this around and ...push for a come-from-behind victory... ...on the scorecards. And then... ...Cambosos... ...just... ...outboxes... ...Lopez... ...opens up a really nasty gash... ...right above the... ...corner of his left eye. His corner... ...does... ...absolutely nothing... throughout the entire fight. His father... ...giving him so much conflicting advice... ...and if you can even call it advice... ...was essentially telling him... ...nothing... And Lopez at no point really ever adjusted. All he did was just kept th- kept throwing something and hoping for a miracle. And he just happened to have a little bit more success in the second half of the fight. But at no point did Teofimo really do anything different. And even though the scorecards were close, you look at each fighter and how they performed. You look at their faces. I mean you come to the conclusion that George Cambosos beat the hell out of Teofimo Lopez. Just absolutely gobsmax him for 12 rounds. And Cambosos, and this is the interesting part in all of this, Cambosos, throughout the fight, he looked like the one with the championship pedigree. He looked like the one who had the resume that Lopez had, and Lopez just fought like an amateur, was just making so many mistakes, both physically, both mentally, and, you know, and inside the ring, he was just doing everything so wrong. And I don't want to take away from George Cambosa's shining moment, but Lopez was just fighting the worst possible fight he could have asked for, and I don't know about you, Robert, but everything I in the what 36 hours maybe less so since that fight the conclusion that i'm coming away every single time is that teofimo lopez did this to himself he got so full of himself after the win against lomachenko last year and and before anyone tells me well the layoff may uh, also contribute. no no the, the layoff did not the layoff if it did something to Teofimo, then it also did something to Cambosos. Because if you recall, Cambosos' last fight took place only two weeks after Lopez's last fight against Lomachenko. So they both were dealing with the exact, uh, with the same obstacles and the same hurdles and the same time of layoff. So no, the layoff did not make a difference in the end result because if it affected Loma- uh, Lopez, then it affected Cambosos. But I digress. This was a great fight. It will probably end up being maybe like top 10 best fights of the year. It was well worth the wait. And we have a brand new lightweight world champion. And the paradigm has shifted. The, parad- like the entire outlook of the 135 pound division has completely changed
1: with this fight. Tremendous performance by Cambosos. Uh, Fima Lopez came into this fight thinking he could knock this guy out whenever he wanted to, abandoned the jab. He didn't start throwing the jab till the ninth round when he was frantically behind. And you saw Carlos, his greatest success, when he finally started using the jab. Mm-hmm. When he had Cambosos hurt after dropping him in the 10th round, he abandoned the body. We saw two fights Saturday night in which the 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 fighter that knocked down the other guy had the other guy seriously hurt abandoned the body that's ogawa in his title winning fight he should have knocked his opponent out he went headhunting he didn't throw a single body punch and lopez who's one of the game's best finishers i've seen him go to the body after hurting somebody did not go to Cambosa's body at all he was looking for that spectacular knockout didn't get it also he shot his load in the tenth round because in the eleventh and twelfth he had nothing. Mm-hmm. He totally got outpunched and outboxed in those two rounds. Had he won those two rounds, he would have won the fight because he was down by two points on one card, one point on one card, and no, he was he was down three and four, so he would have ended up
0: with a split decision win. But yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, he would have won the fight. He yes. would have won the fight. Yeah, he would have won the fight had he won eleven to twelve. But he did absolutely nothing. That cut. Uh, in, that that uh got that that he's that he suffered an 11th round he had no answers So he didn't know how to deal with bleeding. And did his corner apparently. His father is a joke. His father is on the same level as Robert Guerrero and Danny Garcia's fathers. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Alright? These guys are leeching off their sons. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then at the post-fight interview, got the nerve to say he thought he won ten rounds and he got robbed. Man, get the yeah. fuck out of here! Now he did the same thing Lomachenko did after he lost to, to to Lopez. He made every excuse in the world and he thought he won comfortably. What are we looking at, people? Congratulations to Cambosas, the runaway winner for upset of the year. Throw everything else out the window. This is and there's no fight unless Isaac Cruz. finds a a shotgun and knocks out Tank Davis uh, Sunday night, we have our upset of the year. And so, uh, Cambosos, I hope he fights Devin Haney next. That's the fight to have. By the way, there's only one lightweight champion. I don't consider Devin Haney and Tank Davis lightweight champions. They're fake champions. There's one champion at 135, and that's the man from down under. So let's talk about that post-fight
0: interview, because (laughs) I have no idea what the hell was Teofimo Lopez talking about. So in case you did not see the—for those of you who are listening, and did not see the post-fight interview. So Gambozos was being interviewed by Chris Maddox. And then all of a sudden, Teofimo Lopez just crashes the interview. By the way, again, with his face, just completely swollen, black and blue, bleeding all over like, when we're talking about the corner, did nothing to fix the the cut in the 11th and the 12th round. They didn't do anything to address it after the fight either. So, so that's another point against the people who are supposed to take care of Teofimo. And then Teofimo Lopez goes out and, and at no point, at no point, does he ever give props or respect to Cambosos for the win or the performance or not even, you know, or not even, a, we had a great fight, man. All he did was just say, I won the fight, I got robbed, look at all these people. They, they, they all think that I won. He said the moment he says that, the entire the entire arena boos him. And then he goes out and says, even the referee knew I won, because he raised my hand. And I will say this I'm not saying that he was wrong, but here's the thing. I think that the referee was a little bit confused because the way the scorecards were read were a little bit confusing because uh, David Diamante said, and still undefeated. When he, the referee probably thought when he heard and still, that means Lopez won. There was kind of no need to say and still undefeated. You could have just gone on to say and the you. Knew.
1: Yeah, because right, they're both undefeated. Yes. So that right, along, right away... Brought confusion, yeah. And the, and the referee is thinking, and still the the lightweight champion of the world, you
0: know? Yeah, it, and you know, at, at this point, he, the referee, I think it was Harvey Dock, uh, he's been through so many championship fights, hearing, and still, it's like almost it elicited almost an almost Pavlovian type of response, where you're like, and new, well, gotta raise right the champion's hand, but. Can't, but Lopez just kept going on and on, and and the crowd just boos him. Like, he turns, like, ultra-heel in, in in this one makes no sense. And Cambosa says, all right, we can run it again. And then Lopez just kind of backs out. Didn't even say, all right, let's do it again. Um... Or any time, any place, or whatever, any of that didn't say anything. All I kept saying was just how much he won the fight, and then he just kept saying like, you know, the the takeover, uh, the takeover is going to continue, and it's like, dude, you just lost. Like, you just got dealt a big slice of humble pie, mm-hmm. and you just flat out refused to acknowledge. What is going on? It's like part of it is that Lopez, I think he was in complete denial. That he that he actually lost, that the guy who beat Lomachenko lost. And that's the sad part. Cause like I think there was in a small an interview going around after the fight where his dad was just talking about how, you know, this is you know um, they should have stuck with triller. They should have never gone to matchroom <laughs> boxing. That you know, we got two. We're, we're gonna go back to top rank, and we got two pay per view fights for two thousand twenty two. Like they're compl- like that entire family. I like is to completely know, delusional.
1: I like to know what those two pay per view fights are. Oh, I, I guess Josh Taylor versus Taylor Lopez would be a pay per view if they did have that fight. Which right now he doesn't deserve a shot at Josh Taylor.
0: No, no, he doesn't.
1: And I mean, it's easy to make they have the same promoter, but he does not deserve a shot. And if Aaron does that, that's a smack in the face of the of the fight fans because he does not deserve a shot at Josh Taylor. No, he needs to beat another 140 pounder before he gets in the ring with Josh Taylor. You can't come off a, a loss where you lose all your titles at 135 and then move up to 140 and get a title shot right away. It doesn't work that way. But then again, I mean, it's... Top rank, Bob Arum. It's yeah, happened the, before. It's it, not... It's, it's, it's happened before. I saw it in the case of Eric Morales. It's happened before, but it would be a smack in the face of the fight fans. Yeah,
0: but here's the thing. But there's no guarantee that Josh Taylor will even be around at 140 by the time uh, Lopez decides wait, wait, to but move who's,
1: up. Who's Josh Taylor going to fight at 147? Because, uh... Oh, that's right. Uh, I don't,
0: that's right. Who's he
1: going to fight at 147?
0: might not have Crawford anymore. That's He's right. not
1: going to have Crawford anymore. That's no. right. That fight. No. And who's he fighting at 147? Oof, that's a good question. No, you're right. Well, you're right. Uh, Virgil and, Ortiz, and, it won't be for a title, and he'd be wasting his time if he went to 147 and fought a Virgil Ortiz or somebody of that ilk. No. No, I think the fight to make is Lopez should move up to 140, beat a contender at 140, then fight Josh Taylor, he shouldn't get a shot right away at Josh Taylor, but that's besides the point. Uh, Teo Lopez did the same thing that Lomachenko did, in which he totally, totally was in denial of losing the fight. I remember when Mike Tyson lost to Vander Holyfield the first time, when they did the in-ring Showtime interview and showed the fight the following week on the replay, he told uh. He told the panel and he told Holyfield, uh, I don't have any memory after the third round, so I I, uh, I don't know. This is new to me. Did uh, th- He got stopped in the 11th round. He said, you should have stopped me earlier because I don't remember everything. I, 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 I was concussed. Huh? No, this is – I hate this. Take your humble pie and go back to the drawing board. And the problem here is that the drawing board,
0: it's a big drawing board because there are so many things that – Need to
1: change. Oh, who do you think Cambosis is fighting next? It's gun to your head, that's a that's a tough one because if it
0: were up to me, I'd have the winner. I've had the Devin Haney Jojo Diaz winner fight George Cambosis. I'd have the winner of that one, especially if it's Haney who wins. Especially if it's Devin Haney. Who who wins out this weekend?
1: Who's promoting the Haney Diaz fight? Because I think Haney's a free agent, right?
0: No, I think I think in this case, I think this is still this is still a Matchroom show. This is still a Matchroom okay. show. All
1: right, because I know Haney has worked with 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 uh with Eddie Hearn, right? The last yes. few years, yes, yeah. yes. Haney, I guess in this case, technically
0: Haney maybe is still working with Eddie Hearn on on this one, and it's also technically. Co-promoted by Golden Boy because JoJo's in the main event uh, in the main event, I should say. All right, okay. Um, Yeah, so uh, I think we'll have a better, uh, a clearer answer of that, you know, this time next week, depending on who wins. Because before anyone asks, there is no rematch clause with Lopez and Cambozo. There is none.
1: Well, you 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 can't you can't have rematch clauses with mandatory uh, challenges, right? Yeah, especially ones that have been decided with a purse bid. Yeah, there's no rematch clause. No, it, no, no, there's no. No, no. Just, were... just like just like in the Lomachenko Lopez fight, because that was a mandatory. Uh, Lopez is going to have to go to the back of the line. No, no, no. That wasn't a. That was not a. Uh, Lopez Lomachenko
0: was not a but mandatory. It was a title unification.
1: Oh, that's right. It was a title unification. Well, they could have had a rematch clause in that fight then. Yeah, they could have. And they didn't. Well, no. he's going to have to do like Lomachenko did. Go to the back of the line. Work your way back up, uh, or go to one forty. I think his best bet is one forty because I think it killed him to be 130, yeah, to get yeah, to 135. Yeah, yeah. No, the
0: clock the clock struck midnight. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, the clock struck midnight on him being at one thirty five months ago, because,
1: which is crazy because he's five foot seven. You would think at five foot seven you could make one thirty five. He's too top heavy, man. He's got too much. He's too muscular. Yeah, yeah, and. I think he can make 135 if he shed some of that goddamn muscle. Look, uh, people, there there is a misnomer. It's a myth, right? Big muscles do not equal great power. You don't have to be that goddamn muscular. Look at the two bodies. Cambosos looks like a fighter should look. Lopez looks like a weightlifter who's boxing he needs to shed some muscle it's ridiculous the amount of muscles that he has at 135 it's too much
0: hi y'all double g here my co-host john LaRocca and i have been re-watching episodes of 1997 raw the turning point year for the wwf and reviewing those episodes on fight game media network plus in 2022 we'll do the same thing with 1998 raw. So if you miss some of the golden years of the wwf come hang out with us every week we'll break down the shows and the pay-per-views as well and give you context and insight through our research that will take you right back to that time frame it's wild watching these shows back with current eyes subscribe at patreon.com front slash media and plus lopez he needs a fresh start. I don't think... Even if there was a rematch, i would not sure I it's in Lopez's best interest to try and pursue that one. And for Cambosos, you know,
1: the sky's the limit now. Because you, you got... The words, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Go ahead, big man.
0: You got Devin Haney. You got JoJo Diaz. You got... Um, you know, I, I know Oscar is now kind of pushing for George Cambosa versus Ryan Garcia,
1: which you know—that's another guy. He doesn't deserve a shot at the title. No, no, no. Shut your mouth up. You don't deserve a shot. You need to work your way to that fight. No, there's no skipping the line here. No. But yeah. if I was Cambosa, though, I the highest offer, the Manny yeah. camp. If Diaz wins, uh, Garcia. If if uh, Oscar offers De Bella. More money than everybody else? Yeah, I'll fight Ryan right. And you know what? He'll beat Ryan Garcia because Garcia's skills are tailor-made for Cambosos. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I-, I would agree. I think that right hand of Cambosos is going to have a sweet, sweet spot and landing on and, Ryan and, Garcia upstairs. And
1: Cambosos, everything goes behind that jab. He's a smart boxer. Cambosos' biggest difficulty would be a- against a guy like Devin Haney or Shakur Stevenson, he moves up because those guys are slick boxers. And his Cambosa style is is going to have a hard time adjusting to their style. But Diaz, uh, uh, of course, we already saw with, with uh, Lopez and uh, Garcia and even Tank Davis would give those guys all types of problems because his style is perfect against aggressive fighters as we saw Saturday night. And, um, Tio, get a real trainer? What happened to Joey Gamach? That was the question that everyone was asking.
0: Joey Gamach, who was in— uh, and to say instrumental would be an understatement, In, the, he, but he, I'm going to say it. He was instrumental in Lopez beating Lomachenko. Joey Gamach was not there. That's another storyline that, that it kind of surfaced after the fact because we were also caught up in the fight that we didn't realize that until now. Lopez's camp for this fight was very different to the one he had uh, with the Lomachenko camp. And I'm, talking about, and I'm talking about the people surrounding him. There was no Joey GaMaSh. The people who kind of worked on the nutrition part uh, for the Lomachenko fight weren't really there for the Cambossos fight. This is this is essentially almost aside from his dad. This was essentially almost an entirely different uh, group that.
1: Uh, Lopez was rolling with mm-hmm.
0: so I I, I I don't know where Joey Gamache was well
1: whatever he needs to do he needs to go get right back to him and start back at square one and look Lopez has all the talent in the world naturally gifted one of the biggest punches in the sport top five and he's not five he could turn his career around he's just got to get back to the bases, basics, basics He's got to get back to the basics and set everything off that jab. Go back to the body. He abandoned all of that in this fight. Look, if he would have fought the same fight he fought against Lomachenko, he probably would have won this fight. No, he became like, a. and this is, uh, Carlos, Mm -hmm. we've seen this throughout our entire lives. Boxer punchers that fall in love with their one-punch knockout power, and they become seek and destroy fighters and they get destroyed. Remember, Nonito Donaire went through the same type of um adjustment he had to make and it started with the Riggedout fight where he became a and destroy fighter and it took him a long time to adjust to going back to being the boxer puncher that got him to that success. Lopez has to realize this whoever trains him the next fight. His father's not going to realize this cuz his father is in another fucking planet. Mm-hmm. But Whoever trains him and hopefully it's Gamach, because he knows Lopez better than his own father, right? Mm-hmm. Gets him back to the basics. The talent is there. He's he's a naturally gifted, beautiful fighter. He's gotta stop that secret destroyer. It's not gonna do anything but have him lose against the elite fighters of the world.
0: He also needs just an overall calming presence in his corner. His dad is not that. His dad, you know, completely kept aggravating that hyper aggressiveness that Lopez was showing on Saturday night because his mm-hmm. dad wasn't telling him you gotta calm down you gotta slow
1: down gotta work the jab he didn't to say any of that he didn't say it's, it's it, it it was one of the worst jobs you'll ever see by a head trainer it was it, it's up there with uh Tyson's training team doing his fight with with uh, Buster Douglas where they didn't even have Enswell. They had a fucking uh it looked like a condom with water inside of it up <laughs> against his up against his closed his eye that was closing. It was it was just all time horrific. Go knock this motherfucker out. What kind of advice is that?
0: Yeah. I I mean I I don't know what, what the hell are you there for? If not to try to knock him out. <sighs> Make no uh, sense. And unreal. But the cool thing about Campbell's is now holding the titles is that he's promoted by Lou Debella. And they have no network affiliation and whatsoever. And Debella
1: works with everybody. Shout out to Lou. Debella works with everybody. I mean, at one time he was exclusively with PBC, but no longer. He works with everybody. So everybody's fair game. And with DiBella's relationship with Leonard Ellaby, Al Heyman, and Sam Watson— you can make a Tank Davis versus Camboso's fight. You can make so many fights. You can make... Which I think which I think, if they negotiated would be his biggest payday out of all these guys. It would depend because... As a I- matter of fact, I want to see that fight before I want to see Haney because...
0: It would be a lot more exciting.
1: It would be much more exciting because I think Haney would put it to a would, would would try to put it in neutral and just box and make it real difficult for ang- Cambosos. Mm-hmm. Tank's coming after George. That's the type of fighter that brings the best out of George. That would be an incredible fight, and it would do tremendous numbers. Uh and both men would get paid well because Tank against a tomato can gets two, three million. So you're going to see a great fight, man. That's the fight I want to see. If I can't get that fight, then him versus Haney. Those are the only two fights I want to see is in next, Tank Davis or Devin Haney, if both come out this weekend. We'll talk about that later. And this 2021 will forever be known as the year of the upset. Come in event, uh, Kenichi Ogawa
0: gets a unanimous decision victory over Asinga for to win by the, the IGF title. By the way, title. Ogawa
1: did not deserve this title shot. I don't know what happened with Tevin Farmer. I know he moved up to 135, but before he did, they totally ignored their former champion. Farmer was robbed against Ogawa. Farmer lost his title in a razor-thin decision to Jojo Diaz. Diaz lost the, the title on the scales. What the hell are we doing here? Why is this uh, for the... the, the and, oh God, and people were were uh, applauding Ogawa. Ogawa is a decent fighter, but he will get smashed to smithereens by Shakur Stevenson. Oscar Valdez will put him in the hospital, all right? Uh, uh, Jamal Harry would beat him. Ogawa is a decent fighter. He's not a world beater, and... In my opinion, he's the worst of the 130-pound champions and an undeserved champion.
0: Ogawa and Fazile had a had a fun fight. They yeah, it had, was they had, fight, they had yeah. It was a lot of back and forth. Um, Ogawa scores a knockdown in the fifth round, then Fazile was just completely out of it. He was just dare to survive once he Mate, got back uh, up in the fifth round. Then and- uh, he he
1: showed more heart. Then the entire Tiafimo Lopez f- uh, family did uh, Saturday night. Fusile <laughs> somehow survives that fifth
0: round, but after that, it kind of went all downhill from there as Ogawa just kept punishing and abusing Fusile in the ring. And Fusile's face was also looking pretty bad. He gets dropped eh, in the 12th round, but by that point, it was the, the fight was long over. and At least, you know... How it looked inside the ring. Forget the scorecards, which ended up reading 115-110, 115-110, 114-111. Which is funny because Vizile technically had a shot. He still had a shot of winning this one.
1: I didn't understand those scorecards. Those scorecards were way, way, way off. Uh, You get knocked down three, well, not counting the last two knockdowns. Yeah, because one of them, he took a knee. Yeah, I remember, but they happened in the 12th round. Yeah. um, Going into the 12th round, he had a shot at winning this fight. What the hell?
0: Yeah, that was the, yeah. It, and if you sort of take the scoring out of it, you look at, especially the second half of the fight, Ogawa was just dominating Fuzili, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. It wasn't even competitive.
1: Fuzili was trying to survive after he got knocked down in the fifth, and, trying, and when he did try to fight, he was trying to land that straight, across down the middle that landed several times but uh he had no pop left in his punch as he got uh more tired more fatigued and was taking an incredible amount of punishment i don't know uh the judges were were out to lunch were probably uh ordering their dinner while the fight was going on probably weren't even looking it. it was like oh, uh all right i just i just give it to Fusili. i don't understand that scorecard <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so the yeah, so as Robert had just mentioned, the current he joins the current class of super federally champions, which are you know, WBC is Oscar Valdez, the WBO is Shakur Stevenson, and in the WBA, you have Roger Gutierrez. I will say this if I were a betting man, I would bet all three of those names over.
1: Yeah, Ogawa. He, he, he's the worst of the four. Yeah. I mean, but uh, uh, he has a shot against Gutierrez. He has absolutely no shot against Oscar Valdez. And if he if he lands a punch on Shakur, it's a victory for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then just briefly, the uh, on the rest of the undercard, Raymond Ford scores a TKO win over Felix Caravaggio. Uh, Gillette- hey,
1: Raymond Ford looked very impressive. Very impressive. I give him kudos, considering um, he's had a couple of hiccups in his career. He looked very impressive. uh, Still a work in progress, but there's real potential there. Had to face a very game Felix
0: Caraballo. The story of this fight was essentially four, which is landing hard shots after hard shots, and just kind of controlling the fight with volume punching. And Caraballo was just just kept coming forward, making the fight very uncomfortable. Landed a a couple of good shots here and there, but he's a tough son of a gun. But Caraballo ultimately stopped, and. You, but it's a good step. It was a good measuring stick fight for Raymond Ford, who is still a long ways away from contending for a world title. Still a prospect, work in progress, but already got some good names under his resume. Felix Caravaggio and Reese Bellotti. Bounced back pretty well after the draw against Aaron Perez back in March. So he ends 2021 with a two-win, zero-loss, one-draw record. Not a bad year for the young Raymond Ford. And then you have, in the opening bout of the zone card, Jalei Jang against Craig Lewis. Not much to say from here. Zhang- yeah,
1: get, the, get this clown out of here, man. What would, what were the zone guys talking about? Oh, he's ready for a title shot. What the fuck are you talking about? Huh? Jalei, Jalei- he's not ready. <laughs> what, what, he's Asia Pacific, uh, OPBF title maybe. Not no world title. The hell out of here.
0: Jang scores a couple of knockdowns on Craig Lewis with a good right hand. Stops him in the second round, but not much to say there. Lewis came in as a replacement, as a last-second replacement. Hadn't fought in 26 months, Yeah, and was on a three-fight losing streak.
1: They, will, they probably called him at his midnight to eight in the morning security job while he was eating donuts. And he was like, all right. All right, because he looks like he didn't miss any meals the last twenty six months. Man, get this crap out of here. This this guy's no contender. The hell out of here. The first time he fights a real heavyweight, he's being put in the hospital. Yeah, it's he's not- ready for a title shot. And then he would talk. Oh, imagine him versus Wilder. What? Oh, my I didn't fuck. hear Wilder, but I heard Joshua's name kind of being thrown. Oh no, the- I'm sorry, Joshua. Why would why would Anthony Joshua waste his time? With a guy who's not a pimple on his ass The fight will not go more than two rounds Why would he waste his time with him When he's getting ready to fight Usyk in the most Important fight of his career that it, of- it, it, It's the It, it is a
0: Matchrooms Desperate and I do say And I do mean the word desperate Desperate push to, into the Chinese market And to try to get Man this is as
1: desperate as it gets Yes, Because uh, this guy is He uh, t- uh, to be honest with you, he makes Jerry Cooney look like Tyson Fury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. There were some question over
0: how Jalei Zhang would would look after the draw against yeah, Jerry Forrest, no but, but this an- a- but this answered none of them.
1: This he an- fought he fought a career job, but this, this is this is a, a, a. Let me get a nice win on my record. No, get the it, hell out of here. It was not.
0: It was a. It was a it was a fight to try to get him back on the ball. Problem is, he fell off the ball nine months ago, which was his last fight. So,
1: which 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 was a robbery. He didn't he didn't deserve that drug. Get the hell out of here! And the window is fast closing. He is no, thirty eight al- years old. It's, 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 it's already closed. He just doesn't realize it. <laughs>
0: So that was the the zone main card, and on the... So let's move on quickly to the Showtime card, which was headlined by another fantastic...
1: And a tremendous card from beginning to end. There was not a bad fight on this card, and the main event delivered exactly what we expected. Brandon
0: Figueroa versus Stephen Fulton Jr. for the unified WBC and WBO Super Bantamweight titles. This fight as I predicted, was a 12-round slugfest inside of a phone booth type of fight. Figueroa was just coming at, at Fulton with, like, endless body shots. And I do mean endless, because he just kept attacking the body left and right, and it was a constant war on the inside. And Fulton was more than happy to... To follow suit. He was fighting a little bit more. It was fighting a little more efficiently. Trying to go for cleaner punching. Instead of volume punching. But he also threw a ton of punches. More than 700. Figueroa ended up with more than 1,000. And I believe Figueroa. This was the most power punches he has ever thrown in a fight. 871. Which is absolutely insane and this was a fantastic fight it was all action there was not a single round where you could say it was bad and the the amazing thing about all this was that the fight it was so action packed and so dramatic there are times where there were rounds where you look at the first 90 seconds and you thought well Fulton's gonna win the round. And then Figueroa does something that, and those in the other 90 seconds, and it just steals the round almost. So it was a really, really good fight. It was very action packed, fight of the year contender. It, gotta be honest, I, I need to watch this fight again, because after the excitement that was the Lopez Cambosas fight, which took place beforehand, mentally and emotionally, I was spent. Heading into into that main event. But it was still an excellent main event. Fulton wins with a majority decision. 116-112, 116-112, and 114-114. And unfortunately, after the fight, we had almost a carbon copy situation. Where Figueroa crashes Fulton's uh, post-fight interview. Just kept saying that he was that he deserved the win. Didn't really say anything about a rematch, except for a brief mention with Jim Gray that, you know, he wants the rematch, but, you know, he's going to move up to featherweight. So, he didn't really express himself very clearly, but you can interpret it as, if he doesn't get the rematch right now, then he's going to featherweight no way, no how. But overall, still, Robert, this was a fantastic fight in... Oh, and we got uh, and Robert uh, dropped out for a second. We'll wait until he comes back. But just uh, but just to sort of expand on, on on that, it was a lot of inside fighting. There was no break in the in the about We are almost eighteen hundred punches thrown in, in these twelve rounds. It was exciting. It was fantastic. I highly do recommend you go out and, and, and watch the fight then. I don't know what Robert's thoughts are on what I'm about to say. But I look at this fight and I look at Stephen Fulton. To me, the combination of his toughness and his excellent boxing acumen, his ability to just land the cleaner punches in almost every angle imaginable, whether it be... You know, on the ropes, on the inside, in the center of the ring. He just finds a way to just score the better shots in. I think right now, gun to my head, I think Fulton is the number one guy at 122 pounds. I know people want to say, what about Murojanak, Medalyev, And I know there's respect to him, and I kind of had him right up there. At the top and for quite a while, but now you got Achmed, But Akmed has not looked that impressive he, 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 since the win against um Daniel Roman, and especially he didn't look great, he didn't look like his top 100 self against Jose Velasquez. I mean, he won, he dominated the fight, but it th- that performance just didn't quite resonate with me quite as much as Fulton has and i know people want to say
1: hey uh, i i had to do something hey i had to do something for my mom real quick uh uh how did you have this the, the fight scored uh so i had
0: it um actually i th- actually i did not score the fight but to me mm-hmm. boy i i could have seen it a 6 6 7 5 for fulton I could have seen it. I mean, honestly, I'd have to go back and watch it again because the way – how one would score this fight, I think it does come down to the in, the individual taste and what you value more. Do you value cleaner punching, which Fulton did? Or do you value the work rate? Do you value the aggression, which was uh, Brandon Figueroa? And stuff like, you know, the ring generalship. I Man, mean, you can argue it, it could have gone
1: either way. There were six rounds in this fight that could have gone either way. All right. Yeah, I, I had it 116-112 Fulton, but I could have easily had it the other way. It just was what caught my eye was he couldn't miss with the right cross counter and the uppercuts. I don't think he missed any of those shots all night long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Figueroa's defense is horrendous, and he's become a fighter just like his brother. We mentioned that we thought Brandon was the better boxer than Omar, and we saw – He's become just like his brother, and it's not – his brother's career is done. Mm -hmm. If Brandon continues to fight like this, his career will be done soon. You cannot fight like that. And also, Carlos, I don't know if you mentioned this when I had to step out for a few minutes. He smothered a lot of his fucking punches when he was inside. Yes. When you're that tall and you go inside, you you can – he was smothering him, so he didn't give himself enough room to land shots to the head. He landed a ton of body shots – but he smothered his head shots, completely smothered, and he did too much holding. I understand why Fulton was holding because Figueroa was coming at him, but Figueroa would hold too. And to me, that took away from his effective inside, the constant holding, and he smothered his punches way too often. He needs to go back to boxing. That that, that aggression, no defense, it's not going to make for a long career. And on the flip side, Fulton Stephen Fulton I said this before and I say it again the man can be an incredible boxer Had he just stayed outside and used his jab. He would have won He would have still won, but it would have been a less hectic and stressful night for him The last two fights he slugged it out in my opinion unnecessarily. I know the fans loved it, but He's got too much talent to be engaging in these firefights
0: yeah, yeah, and I was saying, and I was saying while you were out that you know, at the that Fulton is a great, great boxer that he can land clean the clean right. shots right. Uh, from just about any angle. So to kind of mm-hmm. go along with your point, he doesn't need to be fighting on the inside and at close range all the time as he has been lately.
1: It, it makes him for it, great it, fights, but no, it's going to show in his career, and then you can easily get caught. In, in between one of those exchanges And lights out I mean Figueroa has the type of punching power That could have done that But Figueroa was smothering his punches I don't While I, The cleanest shots The cleanest headshots, All night were landed by Fulton While Figueroa dig, dug that body But his defense was lacking And Fulton was the deserved winner uh, I predicted a draw And it almost came true it, This fight could have easily been a draw It was a phone booth fight very good fight, and you know what? Kudos to Showtime for setting up this card because it happened five minutes after the Lopez Cabosas fight went off the air. <laughs> so, uh,
0: while you're on, I made this point, and I don't know if you agree with me. Go ahead. Right now, I would put Fulton as the number one guy on. Oh,
1: without not I one thousand percent over Muradjanak Medalla. Yes, he beats him. He beats him, so yeah, uh, that fight's never going to happen. But yeah, he, he he beats him, he beats him. Um, you know what I would love to see? What? And Fulton cannot fight the way he's been fighting against this guy, cause uh, well the the fight's not going to happen. But Noe versus Fulton would be an incredible fight. But uh, Arum and 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 PBC aren't going to come to terms with that, cause um, right now. There's nobody at 118 to fuck with Inouye. I think he's going to have to move up to 122. And he wants to. And, and you yeah. know said in the
0: past? He wants to go up as far as 126. Which, with his height,
1: is easily done.
0: Yeah. Cause my goodness, he... I mean, if he wins this, I believe he becomes, I think, a five division champion. If he wins titles, uh, one twenty. Yeah, I don't, one, I don't, I don't look,
1: I don't hold much weight on that because it's from one hundred five to one twenty six, and we know that there's not much difference between one hundred five and one twelve, and all those weight one oh To be honest with you, one hundred five, 108, and one fifteen are three cat classes that weight classes that you never needed. You never needed. That was a way for the sanctioned bodies to make money, make more money, and more titles to be thrown at us. You don't need one hundred five. You don't need one hundred fifteen. You don't need one hundred eight. Yeah, i But so all this. Oh, I'm a five division champion. We talking twenty pounds. And but a kudos to Inoue. He skipped the weight class. <laughs> he went. He went right. He went from one hundred eight to one hundred fifteen. He never fought for one twelve. So he easily could have had. More world titles But I I don't pay much attention to that What I do pay attention to is If he dominates in each division And he has dominated every division he's been in And 122 would not be easy Especially a fight against Fulton Because of Fulton's athleticism And if Fulton got with the right trainer He'd have the type of style to give a Noe problems But not the way he's fought the last two times
0: So here's the Crazy guys, so now that we are kind of discussed both main events, do you put either of these guys, Cambosas or Fulton, in the conversation for top pound no. pound for pound?
1: no, no, no. I don't even know if they're top 20. No, no. Not even no. Fulton? Really? No, 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 no. Let's go. Let's look at the candidates real quick. Okay. All right. We mentioned Inouye. You know Canelo is everybody's consensus number 1. Crawford, uh, Usyk, Tyson Fury. That's five names so far, right? Are you wait, are Robert? Right. are
0: you really putting Tyson Fury that
1: high? Put, I put him Now I'm not saying he's number 5, but he's uh-huh. above I put him above Fulton and Cambosos, all right? All right, let's let let's keep going. Let's go to each division. Um, uh, I I don't think better Bev is no is no longer a top twenty. Bavol's better than both of them. If you look at light heavyweight, yeah. Uh, then we go down to middleweight. I still got Triple G up uh, up up ahead of both of them. they uh the the Charlo brothers are above both of them. Um, I well Jermel yes Jermel right? yes uh, Jermel yeah. uh. I I gotta put middle, I gotta I, I, I gotta, I gotta put Spe- I gotta put Spence above them Shakur is definitely above them um yeah. uh I, 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 all right I'll give them both top 20 did, I'm, I'm, right now I'm uh, oh uh ioka there's a lot of guys that, that I, I I can't see them they're not top 15. Top you know, and, 20.
0: and also guys you know Estrada yeah. chocolate teeth you can still chocolate argue
1: Chocolate yes yes there's up man I Maybe top 20, definitely not top 10. There's okay. too many great fighters out there that are better fighters than these guys, mm-hmm. period.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if I necessarily put them in the top 20, but I did hear yeah. there was some all right, channels. Like, See, I,
1: that's so, that's hyperbole. Look, just keep fighting. Just just keep winning. Not everybody's a top 10 fighter, all right? No. And like, like, I agree with you. I don't think Fury's a top 10 fighter, but I believe Fury's better than these guys. Mm-hmm. And Usyk definitely is better than than those guys. I mean, and I'm not going to say they're better than Anthony Joshua despite his loss. I remember he barely lost to Usyk. It wasn't like Usyk blew him out. Mm.
0: So the co-main event of this Showtime card, Royce Aleem versus Eduardo Baez. Aleem wins by majority decision. It was kind of a weird fight. Aleem uh, was throwing everything at Eduardo Baez, but wasn't really quite having the amount of success that you would expect and in, in this fight. Bias was very tough. Mm-hmm. Hanging there for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Aleem did get the win, keeps himself in the title picture, maybe even in line for Fulton, depending how the chips fall. But well, that's
1: that's oh, does Danny Roman get the next title shot at Fulton? He should. That, he that should. Be, he and should, would, and I believe he is the WBC mandatory. And that will be a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. It'll be. It, it has the potential to be a better fight than 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 uh, Fulton Figueroa, because uh, Roman will not be uh, smothering his punches.
0: No, no. So Alain still keeps himself in the title conversation. If he doesn't get uh Sim Fulton, he could get perhaps. Fulton or whoever holds the titles after that, I would not doubt that Aleem gets a title shot in 2022.
1: Oh, he he he's probably in line
0: after Roman. Yes, so that's you know so that's two fights down the line that you could absolutely give him. To. And then lastly, Gary Antonio Russell beats Alexandro Santiago. What what was a very
1: very good a, uh, uh opening kudo, fight? Kudos to the Russell camp. To put him in with such a proven and tough, tested fighter. And Santiago gave him everything. All right. He gave him hell. Russell needed a fight like this in his career. Yes. Russell
0: Russell and Santiago did just about every single boxing style you can imagine. They tried to box each other. They fought at a distance. They fought in the center of the ring. They went bang bang at each other's bodies up against the ropes. Very, very close. Very competitive. Santiago absolutely did more than enough to warrant a legitimate argument for his win. Unfortunately, it ended with a majority decision victory. Uh 95-95, 96-94, 96-94 for Russell. People were very, very unhappy with the scorecard or with the idea of Russell winning. A lot of people thought that Santiago deserved to win. Kind of shades of Santiago's draw against Jerwan Ancajas uh back in 2018 when he challenged for the IBF super flyweight title where many thought that Santiago deserved the win on the scorecards and again uh fall short but this was a very good fight where do we go next for Russell Boy it's it's interesting because they don't have I, d- I don't know. If you, I don't think you can put him in there in a title shot yet. No, he's not ready but for a title shot. No, but there isn't a whole lot that you can do. I'm gonna put a, a couple of names, and I think you might agree with me mm-hmm. that I think these are perhaps some logical next steps. I think you could put uh, Nordingo Bali up there. Oh, with that's name. the per that's the perfect opponent for him. You can. You can revisit the Emmanuel Rodriguez fight. You can
1: still revisit that, in my opinion. And you know what? That should have been this fight. Yes. It should have been Santiago. It should have been Rodriguez. You know what? Rodriguez and Ubali. Perfect next steps for Russell. Because if he beats both those guys. Or either of these guys, really. No, well, if he fights, let's say he fights both. One after oh. another, because those fights are easily made. Then he deserves a title shot. But uh, against who? Oh, oh yeah! I guess they'll they'll be trying to put him in with Donaire eventually. Yeah, they they could try. They
0: could try. It, you know, uh, it, it depends on uh, obviously what happens on December 11th against Raymar Gabayo
1: You know, right. and I think Donaire going to dominate that uh, fight. D- d- I mean, that'll be another contender for upset of the year. If he, uh, uh, an all time great fighter like Donaire should never lose to a guy like Gabayo But we've seen we've seen crazy things happen in boxing. And
0: especially after the way Donaire dominated Ubali. like that mm-hmm. was a,
1: that was not just you know that was a beating. That was a beating, and it was just it was a tremendous, tremendous win for a first ballot Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, who didn't even need this win to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, he, he
1: he was in after he got to the finals against. In, in, in uh, against the Monster. Even if even if the Monster would have blew him out two, three rounds, he was already a first battle of fame famer. That fight confirmed it. Boom! He's first battle.
0: <laughs> so, after... So now, after a very, very, very long recap, but we need a, uh, all, every single minute of, of this recap. Now, quickly, uh, on to some news. Do you want to say... We finally finally have the fight. The fight everyone's been waiting years and years. Amir Khan and Kell Brook is finally official. It's finally happening, folks. Maybe about five, six years too late, but it's finally happening. February 19, 2022 in Manchester. Just wanted to throw that out
1: there. Hey, for the British fans out there, uh, have have a ball watching uh, the Battle of the Geritol, right? Yeah the battle of two washed up hasbands. has-beens. Uh, have fun. Yeah.
0: I could care less. Have fun watching a fight that has absolutely no stakes whatsoever in any division at all. Oh. This fight really should have happened years
1: ago. It should have happened. This is essentially in- an exhibition fight almost. Instead of Brook fighting Triple G, he should have fought Condon. That's that's when it should have happened. But uh, what, what 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 can I say? What yeah. can I say?
0: Yeah. Uh. Reportedly, Jamel Charles and Brian Castaño is set for February 26th in Houston. Good. We kind of got a bit of an update on what we had discussed that uh the, the uh last week's show,
1: and then hey, uh-huh. quick 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 question. What about Triple G Murata? What are they going to do now that they, they can't fight? So
0: yes, so this is essentially still breaking slash developing news. Uh, Japan has announced that they will be essentially closing the borders and having and putting a ton of restrictions on travel mm-hmm. in light, you know, in light of the new uh, COVID nineteen strain, the Omicron strain that is now sur that has now surfaced in uh in southern africa that is now starting to pop up in different places around the world as by, by the starting- way
1: by the way uh i have several south african friends they all say that that's kaka, that that's nonsense i'm not getting political on here mm-hmm. i'm just saying what they told me that this is news to them right as far because there's no outbreak from what they know in south africa we'll see but um besides that yeah U.S. Also does, be, there's already
0: a ton of uh, restrictions. U.S. and U.K. you know already right. restricting travel to a ton of different right. African countries, including South Africa. But uh, but regardless, this does impact the Triple yeah. G ratified. I don't think a decision has been made on that, and 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 the, here's and here's the, the other thing. It's not just. It's not just Triple G Murata. It's also the Gerwin mm-hmm. uh Kazuto Ioka yep. fight that was supposed yep. to take place in the coming weeks. But
1: wait a minute! Aren't they both in Japan right now? Couldn't they still have? No, that they're fight? not.
0: Oh think... shit! I didn't know that. I don't think they. I don't think either Triple G or Ancahas are in no, Japan. No, I'm not right talking
1: about. The... Oh, where? Oh yeah, that's right. I, I forgot. Ancahas is not in Japan. The Japanese fighters are in Japan. Oh well, the decisions are going to be made now. If they brought, I don't. Akaz versus Ayoka is not happening in the United States. I don't see that happening. But Triple G Murata could easily happen in the United States. Is Murata allowed to travel from Japan to the United States?
0: I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't think he's in Japan. That's, so I don't know. Who, who Murata? Oh, you asked for wait? Did you ask for you asked for Triple
1: G? No, I'm sorry. I, Can Murata travel from the from Japan to the United States? I I don't know.
0: I'm not entirely familiar – I'm not entirely sure in regards to the outwards travel. Okay. I know about the inwards travel that there's a ton of more more – Because you would think
1: they would restrict both both
0: ways. Yes. Why do one without the other? Yes. The only fight – the only title fight coming up in Japan that is still more than likely still fine – is Naoya Inoue vs. Aaron Depayan, which is on December de- uh, 14 at the uh, uh, Ryogoku Kokigikan in Tokyo. It's uh, the, And the reason for that is that Depayan is actually already in Japan. Oh, so that fight will happen. So that fight yes. more than likely will happen uh, mm-hmm. without issue. Maybe uh, some restrictions on tickets or whatever but are mm-hmm. on the attendance, but that fight more than likely is still happening on December 14th. But that is still. This is still a very new, very developing. This is something that it essentially just kind of got brought to light in not even 24 hours before this recording. So mm-hmm. I, it, well, we may find out more in the coming weeks. But it, unless they can, unless they can secure something, very real chance Triple G Murata and German Encarnacion and versus Castido Yoga will not happen this year. It mm-hmm. may not even happen until after the Omicron strain is done or it, or maybe ever. Maybe ever. Depends. Depends on how things go. Um, say, Robert, do you remember when we talked about Ilunga Makabu and the weird carousel with Dabiso Mchunu and Canelo Alvarez for the WBC hey,
1: Seekers the, Away title? By to- the way, this fight coming up between the two, Mchunu and Makabu, their first fight is one of the greatest fights in Cruiserweight history. Uh, it's a must-see. Neither one of these guys are ever in a boring fight. This will be an incredible war. Again. Well, uh, well, hold on. Well, we don't know for
0: sure that it's actually happening. Even though I did post it, this, the, the source was a press release came from, from Don King. So we all know how reliable those yeah, but, are, but let's take this with the biggest. Let, let's let's take it with grain of salt, because you know what? When, oh. when I'm talking, and, and that grain of salt is the size of the Dead Sea. But here is the so
1: let's. And he, say, and he said, Eddie said, Canelo will be at ringside. So let's pretend.
0: Let's pretend for a moment that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Here's what Don King said: "Elunga Makabu and Tabso and Chunu, the mandatory." For Makapu's WBC Cruiserweight title, they will be fighting on January 29, 2022, in Warren, Ohio. I don't know how, where the hell Don King got this? How, why in
1: well, Warren, you know, Ohio? You know, you know, he started his career in Warren. Oh, did he? Yeah. So, well, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, but it just still seems like. God King started his promotional career in Ohio. You you know, living in Ohio, he he's infamous in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the only murderer I know that got a pardon from the governor of Ohio.
0: <laughs> and boy were my, uh, <laughs> boy were my, uh, were my uh, mentions <laughs> all over the place from what to huh. To Don King's still alive. It's gonna be at the uh, W D Packard Music Hall in Warren, Ohio. He says, and this may be the most ludicrous thing that he's actually said. The Canelo Alvarez is gonna be ringside. Yeah, that that
1: that, that that's what that's what he
0: that's said. what he says. And that the winner of this fight is gonna be fighting. um It's going to be fighting.
1: Uh, well, we know we, know, we know, we know. Canelo's already committed to fighting uh, Makabu in May. We're the the weird thing about all this is that
0: since Sense's press release and there's been no update on the WD Packard Music Hall website that this fight is actually happening. There's still no mention of it at all. So, again, grain of salt the size of the Dead Sea, but. If this actually ends up happening, my goodness. But by, by the way, I I do not believe one bit that Canelo is actually going to be ringside for this event. I do not believe one. He'll be
1: bit. he'll be ringside on his couch. Yeah, watch it, watching it on a on a, on a feed in, in in front in his mansion. Yeah, If this fight is
0: actually happening. God, I'm actually very tempted to go. It's I only hope, an hour. Hey,
1: you should go because that fight will be an incredible fight. These two fight Their first fight, one of the greatest fights in Cruiserweight history. For yeah. those out there that have not seen this fight, go YouTube it. It's on YouTube and Dailymotion. Makabu versus <laughs> Mchunu. It was a war. It was an incredible fight. Non-stop action. And the rematch will be the same because these guys can only fight one way. <laughs> yeah.
0: S- still, this just seems so out of place. All of this, just, I'm just coming. Like I'm coming home. I was having a, a nice date night with with my girlfriend and some friends, and then all of a sudden, I get this email from Don King, and then wait, all of a sudden the Mjoo situation gets resolved, and the Canelo fight is on for me if Makabu wins. So I don't know. I don't know. By the way, again. I post, I, I reported it, and I, I posted the
1: details of the press release. I am not convinced, not well, we, one bit. We, only time will tell. Yes, well, a lot of people didn't think his card last year would happen, and it did happen with a with those uh, I mean, ex, with those exclusive um, uh, uh Don King fights that you could easily see on YouTube for free. <laughs> Was that maybe the was, it January, the most horrific,
0: right? was that maybe the most horrifically produced pay-per-view of all time?
1: I've yet to watch it, so I couldn't tell
0: you. Oh, my goodness. I didn't, I didn't,
1: I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Because,
0: it I mean, um, it, it's up there yeah. for one of the most bizarre and worst shows ever.
1: Uh, that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It really does. Okay, so this weekend we have a ton of fights to get into. Set, we, have, we don't have just a Saturday slate. We have a Sunday slate. Of fights to get through so let's start with saturday which is the aforementioned the zone card do you have a starting time for saturday's card the i believe 8 p.m eastern is okay. the start
1: of the card i'm um, probably i'm probably going to miss the entire card because i'm working till 11 at night all right go ahead yeah. Um actually before before I get into just w- briefly mention that uh
0: there's a DAZN, uh Spain card on Friday, December 3rd at 1:30 p.m. Eastern, a uh, Kerman Laharaga versus Jack Flatley for the European Junior Middleweight title. So, uh is usually a fun fighter to watch, so this could be a, a decent afternoon watch, but you know. Don't have to watch so intently. Uh Devin Haney versus Jojo Diaz for the WBC Super featherweight title, this has been kind of a fight that's been teased for a little while now. It's actually happening, and Haney and Diaz should make for a really, really good fight. Diaz has looked spectacular in, what am I talking about? Not super featherweight, lightweight title.
1: Lightweight, right. Yeah, uh,
0: for the uh, WBC lightweight title, my bad. So Haney and Diaz have been looking pretty good, especially Diaz who looks spectacular in his last fight against Javier Fortuna looked like he's finally found the weight that he can yes. feel 100% yes. physically and able to you know show all of his abilities inside the ring because that was part of the problem at 126 he was young and he was having trouble making weight at 130 he was still having trouble making weight especially towards the end now this feels like we're now seeing the complete Jojo Diaz and and Devin, this is the perfect measuring stick fight for Devin Haney because I know there were some concerns over how he handled sort of towards the back end of the fight against Jorge Linares. I mean, I would argue that it did, it did good because now Haney knows what what it is to be like in this type of situation to be hurt and to be up against the roads because he's never been in that situation beforehand. He's just yeah, been dominating he, everyone.
1: Haney did that to himself because Haney listened to his critics and he went after Linares when he should have just boxed. And he, by by trying to be a crowd pleaser, he almost got knocked out. He was severely stunned. And it took everything for him to survive those last two rounds because to be a, a younger Lenaris would have knocked him out. Haney cannot fight like that against Jojo Diaz. No, no. he should. If he fights like that, I think Jojo Diaz –
0: could potentially even stop yes, him.
1: Yes, 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 because JoJo is not... No, no. If Haney fights the way he fought pre-Linares, stays outside, uses his defense, uses his athleticism, uses his ring IQ, I see a comfortable 12-round decision When I'm predicting that's what he's going to do, and I predict Haney wins by, you know, 116-112 type score.
0: It also depends on... How well does Jojo Diaz execute his game plan very early on? Because I think that's going to be telling of how Haney is going to respond. If Haney is able to ease into the fight early on, then yeah, I don't think there's anything Jojo can do that will eventually make Haney sort of frustrated to the point he gets to that, uh, to where he was in the Jorge Linares fight. But if Jojo can put a lot of pressure on Devin Haney early, then I think it does make it a much more competitive mm. fight. And I think it does force Haney, or at least it'll make him think that he'll have to be fighting uh, more of a select fest instead of a straight up boxing match. So I think there is a... So I think it does have to depend on how things uh, play out in the first couple of rounds. I'm going to go with Haney on mm. a... Decision victory because I don't think I I know Haynes has the power to score a good knockout or a stoppage,
1: but I don't know if that's what he's really aiming for. No, he I think he's and this is this should be his mindset. Get win and go on to the next fight. All right. Do not try and please the crowd. If you hurt Diaz, Diaz, as we know, is a tough son of a gun. Just keep boxing. Box your way to a comfortable decision. Win so you can get that Cambosis fight. Or you can get that next major fight. Do not put yourself in a position where you can get caught. So, in my opinion, safety first. Box. If he does that, I agree with you. He wins the decision in my prediction eight rounds to four.
0: Her main event, Jessica McCaskill, fresh off her new deal with matchroom boxing, defends her undisputed welterweight title against Victoria Noelia
1: Bustos. And by the way, mm-hmm. she was the best commentator on the entire The Zone card. She, she was. was. She was she on. She was tremendous. I uh, I don't understand it. Why is it always the guy sitting up, All the women, not to call her a guy, why is it always the men and women that are sitting at the podium and talking in between fights much better than the guys calling the fight. She's got a tremendous career as a color commentator after she retires, and she's in her prime, so she won't be retiring anytime soon. So,
0: yeah, so McCaskill has been looking phenomenal as of late, obviously coming off the two wins against Cecilia Dean looked even better in the rematch against her. This is gonna be. It'll be. It's a nice first title defense. Bustos is a former world champion. She's been in the ring with the likes of Cecilia Reyes and Katie Taylor, and has won, you know, titles in at, at lightweight multiple times. So she's is a, she is a reputable veteran and a good first title defense under a new promotional deal. So I think uh, Jessica is gonna win this with a decision. Uh, a very a somewhat lopsided decision victory, in my opinion, because I think right now, even though she's 37, I still think the best is yet to come for uh, Jessica McCaskill because she is she is on fire right now. She has she, I, aside from maybe Katie Taylor, and maybe Amanda. I don't think. Well, also yeah, Well, there's a couple of women, but you can argue that McCaskill has, is having it has amongst the best um at the best momentum going for her right now in women's boxing in my opinion. Oh, I I can't disagree with you. Also on the undercard, Montana Love, also fresh off a signing with Matchroom Boxing and fresh off what was one of the best fights of 2021 so far against Ivan Baranchik. a fight that I was there for in Cleveland, going up against Carlos Diaz 29 and 1 who's coming off a no contest against Elvis Torres, has fought against the likes of Jose Cepeda in the past. This is, again, this is a good first type of fight. I think it's going to be another tough fight for Montana Love. I think he's still developing, but I think he's on the precipice of uh, doing something very
1: special in the 140-pound division. Hey, hey, the ceiling ceiling is unlimited for Montana Love, and this is a good next-step opponent for him. Yes.
0: And Montana wins this one. You can start planning a run, a potential run towards fighting for hey, a world title.
1: Speaking of 140, could somebody give somebody get Regis Progress a a, a a a a fight? Um it right now he's the most avoided fighter in boxing. Why? Why? I don't understand it. Uh, I would love. To, um, that would be a nice matchup in a year or two. Montana mm-hmm. Love versus Regis Progress. I would love to see that fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know Montana Love still. See, still needs a few wins to go up the ranking, especially if the fights, uh, if the all four belts are going to be vacated by this uh, this time next year I, because it's I, only.
1: I don't, I don't see how all four belts could be vacated though. Take. Taylor's got no future at 147 right that, now. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. it could be. It could be. Yeah, it could be. But I I, I highly doubt it because who's he dancing with at 147? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm only saying this because Montana Love, amazingly, is still only ranked on one of the four sanctioning bodies at 140. Only one, oh, which
1: well, to me is criminal. That'll change soon, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Only ranked number 12 in the IBF. Uh, rankings
1: which you know Well, uh, uh, he he's now with uh, he's now with matchroom right yes well Eddie Hearn will start uh, putting the money in those uh, bank accounts and
0: he'll be but the problem up- with well, the problem with the IBF in this case is that they've already got a couple of mandatories Jeremiah Ponce and Subriel Matias They've
1: they've already they've already got Mandatories look, lined up. So Ma, Ma, Matthias is highly flawed, but I love watching that guy fight, man. You He's see. a highly flawed fighter, but man, That's a dangerous mother. Oh, that would be a that would be a a a a, a great fight to watch. Matias versus Prograce I would love to see that if they could somehow make that happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Rest of the undercard: Austin William versus Quatavius Cash, Philip Hergovich versus Scott Alexander, Alexis Espino versus Rodolfo Gomez, and Mark Castro in action. That is the the zone card on Saturday, December fourth. Also, want to briefly mention uh, December four. Also, in the UK, Lyndon Arthur versus Anthony Yard two, with the rematch from almost a year ago, where Arthur scored an upset win over Anthony
1: Yard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to watch and right this? now? Uh, Anthony's career is on the line. He needs to win this fight. This is like he cannot afford
0: to lose this fight. If you want to watch this fight, if you're stateside, unfortunately, it's uh pay-per-view on Fight TV. So that is the only way you can watch it.
1: Where are they showing it in England? Uh, BT Sport. All right. Well, I know where to find it. <laughs>
0: And then the last big show is maybe the is potentially could be the flight of the weekend. Javante Davis versus Isaac Cruz Showtime pay-per-view on Sunday night. And do you have a time on when this pay-per-view starts? I can look for that in just a second. So while I do that, why don't you give your prediction and your thoughts on this fight? Actually, I found it. <laughs> Never mind. 8 p.m. Eastern. So that is a uh, okay. So 8 p.m. Eastern. Not a uh, not a bad start time. I believe it is still a four fight show. Which uh yes, I, I think yes, it is still a four fight show. Sebastian Fundora versus Sergio Garcia, Sergey Davyanchenko versus Carlos Adamas. and Eduardo Ramirez versus Miguel Mariaga. That is an on paper, that is an excellent pay-per-view undercard, especially that Fundora versus Sergio Garcia. The fight was originally supposed to take place a few months ago, but unfortunately, it uh, it just did not happen for unknown reasons. But this fight was announced many, many months ago, and Fundora finally gets a fighter who's not on in the back end of his career, Who is, well, we'll get into that much later, but my overall thoughts on Javante Davis versus Isaac Cruz. Davis is a. Davis has been doing excellent as of late. He's been fighting potentially dangerous guys like Leo Santa Cruz and Mario Barrios, but he's been able to do so, you know, in Slugfest, but never really puts himself in much of a. Dangerous situation, and as we kind of welcome back Robert, I'm just uh, I'm just quickly sharing my uh, thoughts. No, no on I've the... heard every word you said. Go ahead. All right, and Devontae Davis has um, Gervonta Davis. the 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 matchmaking has been great because he is he's a guy who can kind of do it all. He can slug he can slug with the best of them. He can outbox you if he really needs to, but never really found a need. Hey. To,
1: he hasn't, so. but he hasn't boxed anybody in a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he knows how to do it anymore. He has. He's been an aggressive slugger the last three, four years. This he's not going to box uh, Cruz. He's going to come at Cruz, and this is going to be a fun fight while last. Yeah. I don't think Cruz doesn't have the power to, to do anything to tank. Uh, my prediction: tank by knockout between rounds four and six. Because the minute he gets Cruz hurt, it's over. I think
0: yes, but my overall point was that David is so good that if it if ever came a situation in this fight that he needed to, he could potentially do or at least he could do it better than Isaac Cruz. He could do it better. And I think right now with um with Gervonta and in this one, I think the overall pressure that he brings inside the ring, I don't know how well Isaac Cruz can fight moving backwards. And I think that's going to really decide how long this fight happens. Because if a crew struggles to fight while moving backwards, I think this this could be, you know, four, six, four to six rounds, as you mentioned. But if he's able to sort of handle himself well and compose himself, maybe in the, you know, when he's pressured, because he's going to be pressured, and he's going to be pressured in the corner. This could be a long one. This could be a potentially long one. And... But I do agree with you. I think that this fight is going to be a relatively short one. I don't think this is going to go the full 12. These guys, with, th- with their styles, with their aggressive power punch and throwing styles, I don't think there's a chance in hell. Well, maybe a 0.1% chance. But other than that, there's virtually no chance this fight's going the distance.
1: Oh, hell no. Hell no. Uh, Davis by knockout and... To, to further your point, we've never seen Cruz fight backwards. And yes. That's the, and the only fighters I feel that could beat Javante Davis today are fighters like Haney or Shakur who can move and box. You're not outslug. There's nobody out there between 130 and 140 that's going to outslug Tank Davis. Yeah. Honestly, yes. Uh, yes. Uh,
0: Cruz doesn't, has not really shown an ability to effortlessly move. Uh, move around the ring. He only knows he's. It's essentially, he's kind of like a, a a power running back, where he just goes north south. He doesn't go. <laughs> he doesn't. it's not a finesse runner, where he just tries to find a holes on the outside. No, okay. You know, he's gonna. He's gonna run through you. You know. And if he succeeds, he'll do it. And if not, well, then he's gonna keep trying again. So, I think that with their styles, is gonna make for a very fun fight. But uh, the, overall. I think Jervonta Davis is going to win this one by knockout.
1: By the way, that, uh, uh, Derry, there is fight has fireworks written all over it. Uh, all three fights have fireworks written, written all over it. Uh, Eduardo Ramirez is one of the best kept secrets in boxing. This kid is a tremendous fighter and he gets better every night out. And, um, uh, I think he will finally put an end to Mariaga's career.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of really good fights. And, and again, want to mention Fundora versus Sergio Garcia. Yep. This is a fantastic, yep, absolutely fantastic fight. Uh, as I was just mentioning beforehand, Fundora finally gets a guy who's unbeaten, who's in his prime, who has almost just as much upside as he mm. does. Yep. This fight is going to be fantastic and is it will tell us a lot about Fundora and where he stands in the 154-pound division. If he wins, and actually he looks pretty good doing so, you can start thinking him about being a title contender. He becomes an immediate title contender, in my opinion. Will not get a title shot anytime soon, but he becomes a contender, in my opinion, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't... um. Tim Zo get the, the allegedly get the winner of C- Charlo C- Castaño?
0: Well, get the WBO champion, but let's say if I mean if Charlo wins, he can just he can always drop the WBO belt, and Zhu would just fight whoever for you. the vacant belt. I got. You. So there's a lot riding at Sticking in this fight. Sergio Garcia also could be very much alive in the title picture if he beats, uh, if he beats Sebastian Fundora. He's also got a, a few good wins under his resume. You know, he's cut obviously off, off the win uh, against Ted Cheeseman a couple of years ago to become the uh, mm-hmm. to defend the European uh, uh, junior middleweight title. Got wins over guys like Serbe Rapchenko. thirty three and zero. Not exactly a a very strong puncher, but an excellent boxer nonetheless. So I think this will be great. Daryvianchenko versus Carlos Adames His fists are going to be flying everywhere and haymakers left and right man
1: uh neither one of those fighters know anything about defense this is going to be a war
0: <laughs> yeah and Daryvianchenko desperately uh, fighting for relevancy because he's lost three of his last four. got soundly beaten by Jamal Charlo last year, Mm -hmm. been out of the ring since then, so it's going to be 15 months since he stepped in. Adamus a very very strong pointer in his own right but he's been looking to sort of get back into the title picture any title picture after he lost to Patrick Deshera a couple of years back uh, back a, a fight that in all honesty he was winning he was winning until he got dropped in the 7th uh-huh. round and then he he fell off the cliff right then and there so all you know in another universe he would have been the WBO junior middleweight champion. He would have been the one fighting Brian Castaño. Mm-hmm. So he does, he's also looking for relevancy at this point in time. And as mentioned, Eduardo Ram- Ramirez, very, very good uh, young Mexican fighter, only 28 years old, but has already fought in a number of names, from Isaac Avilar to Claudio Morero to Lee Selby to Le- uh, Leduan Bartholomew twice. Mm-hmm. And Miguel Mariaga is, well, He's he's been around for, for quite a long time, Sad, a number of world title opportunities, came up short in every single one of them, and he came up short real hard in all of those uh, title opportunities against Nick Walters, against Oscar Valdez, against
1: Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, really? Hey, 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 talk about... <laughs> Those are three fucking great fighters. So it's not like he just fought lost to anybody. (laughs) No, no. But is that the point where if he loses, I don't want to fight this. I'm I'm predicting Ramirez ends his career once and for all Sunday night. All
0: right. So I think that about wraps. Does it for this episode? Unless you know anything you want to discuss? Let's, Let's end this. All right, Robert, working to good people. Read your work and find you on social media.
1: On Twitter, my at is RobertSilva5768. Uh, FightGameMedia.com uh, is the parent website of this podcast, and I have hundreds of articles on that website. Currently doing my 45 greatest fighters of the last 45 years. Coming up soon is my number twenty six. The great man from Nicaragua, Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez.
0: You can also find my work at Fight Game Media. You can also find me on Twitter at Carlos Toro Media. And with that, that does it for this episode of Pound for Pound. He's Robert Silva. I'm Carl Toro. Thank you for joining us every single week. We'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.